0: Live Above the Noise, The Choiceful Family Project. Welcome to Live Above the Noise, The Choiceful Family Project. I'm your host, Wayne Yurcha. Our digital world brings us many benefits, but it also exposes our children to an addictive and toxic mix of tech, media, and consumerism that harms their healthy development and undermines their happiness. To better navigate the ever-increasing pressures and challenges of this accelerating digital world, today's children and families need to develop a power we call choicefulness. Choicefulness is a power built on a new and different set of skills. Skills specifically designed to protect and prepare our children for a fulfilling future in the age of noise. So if you're a parent looking for new ways to engage with your children, motivate your children, and prepare them for a positive future, we have created this podcast to help you. This is podcast number eight, and I'm here once again with my podcast partner, developmental and educational psychologist and kids media expert, Dr. Rob Ryer. Now, in podcast number seven, we had a great conversation with Christine a busy mom of two who lives in Los Angeles. In that podcast, we talked about some of the challenges facing parents in this age of noise. And one of the challenges we talked about was just how difficult it is for parents to find time for themselves these days. And that leads us to something all of us struggle with, how to find balance in our lives. So in this podcast, we're going to be talking about balance. But Rob, the kind of balance we need today is a little different than what most people think of, isn't it?
1: Yeah, to me, the kind of balance that we need now at this point in time in our society with what's going on with media, technology, and consumerism is the balance between our inside communication and our outside communication. And what I mean by that is noticing the information that crosses your mind, the information inside you, and notice the information that's being given to you from the outside. What we're trying to do here is to develop an inside perspective so that you can be in charge of that information that's within you and develop that to the highest ability that you can
0: that is a different definition of balance than the usual one where oftentimes we're just thinking balance is are we being able to get a workout or are we being able to, uh, to spend a little more time in some other area that we happen to like?
1: Yeah, it's very different and very important now, given the nature of what's happening around us and outside of us. So it's a simple idea. It's like, okay, if the outside becomes more and more confusing, more predominant, more overloading us, How do we compensate? How do we do this? Well, we develop our inside because the outside is becoming more overwhelming.
0: So I just want to be very clear on this. The idea of inside communication, outside communication. What exactly do you mean by inside communication? Is that what we're telling ourselves in our heads? Is that what you mean by inside communication?
1: Yeah, well, you have a story running all the time in your head. Uh, Well, here's here's a way to think about it. If you're a marketer, the thing that you're told is a marketer or an advertiser, get into the person's head and try to find out the story that they're telling themselves. And then you make your products and your messaging in a way that appeals to the story that they're telling themselves. So basically what that is, is you have an internal dialogue going on all the time. And that's your inner information. Now, a lot of that, most of that's automatic. But if you can develop your inner communication to the point where you can watch your inside information, then you're in charge of it. So we know, for example, with children, they don't have that tool in place yet. So what happens is they get upset about something in the environment, something that's going on around them on the outside, and they start crying or they start getting emotional. Why is that? It's because that tool takes a certain amount of time to develop where a child, if they had that tool, could then reflect upon what's going on around them and make a choice to change something, but they don't have that tool. Well, if the society is creating the outside information at such an extraordinary level and immersing you in it to the point where it's delicious and you don't even want the inside tool. Because the outside information is so compelling, pretty soon you lose the ability to have the power of that tool like you're going to need it for all the events that will occur to you in the future. Can you hear yourself? Do you understand what you're saying to yourself? Are you aware of your inside conversation? Because if you're aware of it, you can change it.
0: In our podcast we talk about creativity, critical thinking for kids, these types of elements. So when you're saying that children lack the ability when they're talking about their inside information, these clearly are tied to some of these elements, aren't they? I mean the idea of critical thinking, which isn't in place yet, that's part of inside communication, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that that's the ability to think about your thinking. So with regard to critical thinking, you have a choice to either take the information coming in or reflect upon the information critically based on your toolbox and understand what's valid what is not valid that's why fake news for example in society today is such a an amazing problem because basically somebody's putting out information and they're hoping that your critical thinking skills and your time necessary to do that is not up to snuff So therefore, you're just going to buy whatever I put out in the community, in the news, and so forth. Now, we see it breaking down everywhere around us. And we see people buying into ideas without really understanding what the truth is in the idea because they don't want to take time or their toolbox is not in place to critically think and to understand if those ideas are true or not. So this is a huge, huge, major problem in society is... If we become more and more disabled with regard to our ability to think about our thinking, basically, we're machines.
0: So let's say that a person is uh, taking in all this information, fake or real, whatever it is, they're doing what they're doing, they're um, okay with it all, they don't really care if they go to the second level. What's the price of, of us and our kids starting to think that way? Why is that a problem?
1: Well, I think what we're seeing right now is people that are in business and they're looking for people that are creative and they're looking for people with critical thinking skills are not finding the people they want to hire because those skills are not as advanced or developed. And I think that's one of the biggest issues I've seen in my classrooms when I've been teaching even at a college level is like the inability to think critically or the inability to want to think critically Is changing this whole idea of how much time it takes, energy it takes. And when you think about it, like what is the payoff from a dopamine, say, biochemical level, pleasure hormone level? What's the payoff of the difference in the payoff from watching uh, some kind of a movie or even taking drugs and so forth, where there is a dopamine rush or social media? That kind of payoff against the payoff of sitting quietly. Thinking, working through a problem, deepening your thought process, doing what it takes to get to the end, it's not the same kind of payoff. And so unless you get to a point where you are excited about your creative thoughts and your critical thinking, it's hard work. And that's where the problem lies, is what I noticed in students is they don't want to do the hard work that is necessary to develop that toolbox. So in terms of the future and the great jobs and the the way people will be successful in the world and accomplish what they want to accomplish, that's going to take critical thinking and creative thinking and higher brain functioning. And that is going to take work. And work is not always so much fun.
0: Your point is well taken, but I guess my observation was really, are we getting to a point in society where we don't even care. We're at the point where there are many people saying, look, if I got my media, if I got my entertainment, do I really need to develop my personality any further than where I am right now? You know, our position, of course, is that, yes, you do. And in our definition of choicefulness, uh, the second part of that definition is that choicefulness is something that moves us toward real happiness, success, and fulfillment. So we make a distinction about real happiness, success, and fulfillment. And isn't that in many ways, circling back to balance, isn't that in many ways what we're talking about here? Is there is a great distinction between what's real in our lives and authentic and will bring us lasting fulfillment and the continuous short-term buzz that we get off of what's happening today? Is that a distinction that you'd like to make?
1: That's a great distinction. And the the other thing we talk about is awareness, ability, and control. So when you think of those as a unfolding hierarchy, and you're saying, well, how do I develop my ability if I don't develop my awareness? You don't. Your awareness is the gatekeeper and opens the gateway to exploring your abilities. When you explore your abilities because you have the tools in place, that's the gateway to gaining more and more control. So you can compensate all you want, but you pay a price for that in terms of your full potential being unfulfilled personally, as well as your contribution that you are here to make. That gets short-circuited also if, in fact, you take the shortcut and you're just pleasure-based and you're coping most of the time. But it's it's up to the individual, but just know that you leave a lot out. You leave a lot that is undeveloped if you take the short coping route.
0: So it's sort of like seeing the world through a little uh, a little pinhole or something or a, a hole in the wall where all you're able to see is this tiny aspect of it and you think that's the whole world. But when you start to develop your awareness, ability, control, all of a sudden that gets wider and wider to the point where you realize all the things that life has to offer and what you can offer life. So. Getting back to this idea of balance, and we previously talked about time, what do we have to balance? You started off with this saying that, that we look at things a little bit differently, but what does a person have to do today if it's not just, you know, do more fitness? What does a person have to do to balance their lives?
1: If we go by our definition of what it is to be choiceful, and our objective is to help people become choiceful, as well as helping to raise a child that has the skills in place to become choiceful, then the balance has to occur between the outside world and the information you're taking in, and your own inside communication, and the information that you're noticing from what's going on inside. That's the new type of balance that we're talking about, not just fitness and possibly work and family. It's a different kind of balance. Now, this is because everything is different now. And we might not even be having this conversation 25 years ago the same way at all. Because when we were looking at the past, and uh, I refer to to Maslow's question. uh, Maslow was a great psychologist, and he asked the question, what makes you a good chooser? And at the point where he was asking the question, way, way back, the answer to that question was, a good chooser is a person that meets their needs at higher and higher and higher levels. So that's a valid answer for that point in time. But if you ask the same question about what makes a good chooser today, and you answer it the same way, how do you meet your needs at higher and higher and higher levels? That's more difficult now because of the imposition of how much information is flooding you and the illusion is that you can take it in. But cognitive load is something that's real. It's like you only have so much ability to take in information. And after a period of time, you get cognitive fatigue and you start short-circuiting yourself. So here's the question. If the information keeps increasing... And the noise keeps increasing, then the cognitive load keeps increasing. So, what do you do? And if you don't have the tools inside, then basically you're going to cope. And if you cope, you lose because you diminish your awareness, ability, and control.
0: So, getting back to the idea of time design, we talk about two of the best types of time. And those are enrichment time, which is E time, and inner time, which is I time. So this idea of balance that we're talking about, are you pointing us in the direction that we must have more inner time? Is that what we're talking about? We talked about communication to begin with, inside and outside communication, which, as you said, is the dialogue we have in our head for the inside and all of the information that's coming to us from the outside. So how do we get more balance in terms of inside and outside communication?
1: So you're going to have to set up a daily kind of commitment that given the nature of how much outside information is flooding you and overwhelming you, and that's why we talk about I time, we're asking people to think about it a little differently, like this is not like it's been in the past. So therefore, you have to allocate time to your inside time, not just allow it to float around at any way that it does randomly, but set aside a period of time. Now, some people do mindfulness, some people do meditation. We do something called pause, which we'll introduce to our listeners. It's really geared to get you to intend to understand that the inside information is more important now than it's ever been in the past, and that you have to make a commitment to that. So it's not like hours and hours of meditating or mindfulness. It's more like remember, 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 set up the habit, learn that this is just as important now as outside information. So we'll introduce that pause process as a method, but it's really learning how to shift. So your intention is to create balance between your inside information and your outside information.
0: And this balance this definition of balance that we're trying to create, which is based um, more on our inside information than just balancing our outside needs. What effect can this have? What effect do you expect this to have in people's lives? What can a parent say, this is why I'm doing this? Because I can just hear parents right now saying, oh my gosh, is this something more that I have to do? I already don't have enough time. What's the benefit of this? Why do I want to spend time doing this?" So how will this bring something better into their lives?
1: Well, you know, initially we, in the earlier podcast, we talked about the high brain. And we said, that's where all the good stuff is, is in the high brain. And it's building that high brain, training that high brain. It's neuroplastic. It is changeable. And you have to think of it as a muscle that I must train in order to get the highest possible functions of my brain, and especially the brain of a child. So that's what you get. You get high brain activity so that you are not stuck in what the media and marketing community wants you to do, which is to be immersed in midbrain or emotional activities. So what you get is intelligence. You get emotional intelligence. You get the ability to be creative. You get the ability to deal with conflict more effectively. And conflict resolution because you essentially have spent the time to develop that part of the brain that is the high brain that allows you to think about your thinking. And that's the key. If you cannot think about your thinking, you are basically automatic. You are basically being conditioned because you have no ability to think of the information coming in, alter it, make it your own way, change it at will. You're basically accepting it as is. So then you trust all the outside sources of information. If you want to do that, you get to be what the media, tech, and consumer communities want you to be.
0: So let's say that I do that. We've just talked about the effects that happen when we create balance in our lives. Let's say we don't. Let's say we just think, oh, this is just too much trouble. Do you think that the rising rates of anxiety and depression and sleep problems and all of the things that we've mentioned before, do you think this comes from this whole idea that we're not balancing our inner life with our outer life anymore?
1: 100%. If you don't have the tools with this new level of increasing information, then you have no ability to deal with it, the overload. And so the overload's going to increase exponentially. It's going to constantly increase. And what do we notice happening? We just notice people drinking more, smoking more, taking more drugs, uh, compensating in any way they can to deal with the increasing levels of overload because the toolbox is a little bit more work. But if you start that toolbox early enough, you get to like it. You get to understand it can be an enjoyable process in the sense that you start to discover certain things and you start to fall in love with how it feels to be in charge of your thinking process. And the fact that you can now make things happen at will because you have the toolbox to do that. So that takes a little time to develop, but that is the ultimate pathway to fulfillment and success and the highest levels of choicefulness.
0: That's interesting that you say that because you talked about earlier about the idea that it is work, but the payoff isn't just in the end result. It can be pleasurable to get into your inner self as well then is what you're saying. Is it, is it something that the more you do as you get past a certain point, the more you want to do in terms of developing your own awareness, ability, and control? Is that what you're saying?
1: I'm saying that's exactly what does happen. You understand as it's developing and your control is developing that your internal communication is in charge. It's like uh, probably the ultimate example of that is some of the survivors from concentration camps have written books about how they survived. So under the worst of conditions, some of the people that were under those conditions had Enough of an internal toolbox to change the conditions mentally, even though the outside conditions were as horrific as they could be. They survived based on what they did internally by adjusting the way they talked to themselves, communicated to themselves, and adjusted their internal dialogue. The great minds in history have that skill. They've learned how to do that, and the great thinkers have done that also, where they've learned how to develop their inside communication.
0: So in terms of a societal thing, we talk about the idea of choosing choicefulness, which is this idea of awareness, ability, and control, and getting balance back in our lives. And it has to start somewhere, doesn't it? It has to start with each individual in their own lives to say, I'm going to change it in my life, my children, my family, And then hopefully it can spread from there because it's sure something that's needed today, isn't it? We're not going in that direction at all at this point, are we?
1: No, we're way out of balance and we're also way out of the right direction to head here. And uh, that's a result of just falling in love with coping. I mean, if the pressure gets more intense and the coping gets more intense and it gives you the short term feelings. Of pleasure, the brain is being conditioned to enjoy pleasure. However, it's not recognizing that it's only short term. And it's also not recognizing that it doesn't lead to fulfillment and full development. So it's a very slippery slope because it's feeling good at the same time, but it's not getting you to where you could be if you understood the difference between inner and outer communication and creating that balance.
0: What's interesting to me that we don't often talk about fulfillment or purpose or meaning. It seems like those things are sort of passe in a way or something. We as a society seem to be more about what's happening in the next two minutes, what the next headline is, how we can cope with all of these changes. But these things, meaning, purpose, and fulfillment, hasn't thousands of years of human existence shown us that if you get to the end of your life and if you don't feel like you've had those you don't feel like you've had a successful life have you
1: no and and all the research on happiness indicates the same thing happiness is, is sort of a tricky word too because if you buy into the consumer agenda on what makes you happy and it's things and money the research indicates that people with things and money are not always happy at all In fact, they're many times unhappy because they have not put into place the other dimensions that really have to do with fulfillment, one being family, people, social contacts, connectedness, as well as the higher thinking skills and creativity. Those are what research shows create fulfillment, not the kinds of materialistic gains that are perpetuated by the media and consumerism.
0: And you're touching on that right now, the idea of relationships. Would you say that relationships are a key to any of those things happening in our lives? Because they seem to get shallower and shallower all the time.
1: Well, many, many pieces of research indicate that it is the key. You know, that if you strip away everything, you really get down to what is left that creates fulfillment. And I think we can even look at more primitive cultures where the relationships between the family members is beautifully connected. And you can see primitive cultures that are very happy. The family dynamic is really powerful. And so the interconnectedness that's occurring between the family members boils down to the single thing that we know from psychology and the research is that social dimension is is at the bottom of all of it, that connectedness dimension.
0: So family and friends, I guess, would be another way, in addition to what we're talking about, to achieve some sense of true balance, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, that's a critical component. That's one of them. And it's a very, very important one, and maybe the most, most important one. Because think about it also, too, you know, is that if your family and friends are connected and supportive, they get you, they understand you, they want you to be the best you can be, they support your growth. They help you move into higher abilities and more control so that you are fulfilled. So they are your base, your support system underneath you, and you need that. And you can't get that off of social media at all the same way as you can with interpersonal contact.
0: So we really do have to filter out what we're doing in that and balance that with real-life communication, which I don't think is a surprise to anybody, and yet it's so, so difficult to do today. Where's the next step then that we need to go? Well,
1: I think the next step is going to be to understand if you wish to get to this place of inner communication or not. And if you do, you're going to have to set that in place as some kind of a daily commitment. It's not going to happen any other way. It doesn't have to be hard, doesn't have to be a lot of time, but it's really about the intention to work on my inner communication as well as my outer communication. So that's where we want to head in terms of that next step. And then we want to talk about some ways to do that at a very, very simple level, just so that you're focusing on the importance of that for you and your family and your children. And that would be the next step. And for a choiceful challenge for this particular podcast, I think it would be good just to take a look at yourself each day and see what you would rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. How much balance did I feel I had today? And at the end of the day, give yourself a, a rating of 1 to 10, 6, 5, 10. And if you find yourself feeling really balanced, ask yourself what it was that created that sense of balance that day. It's not like they're always going to be out of balance, but when a day is in balance, something was going on different that day. You may have gone for a walk. You may have gone to the park. You may have hung out with your kids differently. You may have got off your screens. You may have gone out to dinner with your partner. Something started to create a different kind of balance, and it's good to recognize what those things are that create that inner sense of balance. So just keep score for a week and get yourself noticing how that works on a a daily basis.
0: Well, thanks, Rob. And that's our podcast for today. Now, coming up in podcast number nine, we're excited to be introducing something that we believe every parent today can benefit from to better engage and communicate with their children. It's a new step-by-step approach developed by Dr. Ryer that will help us understand what makes our children tick and what we can do to help move them toward a more positive and optimistic future. We hope you'll join us. So until then, thanks for listening and live above the noise. Hello everyone. If you'd like to get our email update about new episodes, tips and tools and all the latest information, please sign up for our Noise Watch update on our liveabovethenoise.com website.